0: Welcome to the SCG Church Young Adults Podcast, where we get to bring you sermons and content to help bring you closer to Jesus, develop your faith, and keep you up to date with everything young adults. Join us Sunday nights at 7 p.m. in the SCG Church Warehouse for our young adult service or at our main campus services. We hope you enjoy. Amen, amen. Why don't you guys grab a seat for me? Thank you, band. Everyone, how are we doing? Doing good. If you don't know me, my name is Tim, and I've been running junior high at Seacoast for the last little while. Um, today's a little bittersweet because it's actually my last week here at Seacoast. Um, I have one more week. Uh, I'm actually moving on to a new church where I'll be starting a new position as a middle school and young adults pastor over in Fountain Valley. So um, Matt told me uh, when, when I said I was leaving. Um, a kid asked where are you going, and Matt said it was my time to go to heaven. That's not true at all. Um, <laughs> someday, someday, I promise. But um, so one more week. So Matt gave me the opportunity to speak to young adults um, before I get to go lead a young adults ministry of my own. And so yeah, we are roughly, I think, almost exactly one year into the series of Romans. I think I'm right. I think I, when I did Romans 2 last August. Um, so we're almost exactly one year in, and we've gone through a whole lot of stuff, a Passages, amazing stuff. And we are back today in Romans chapter 12. We're finishing it up, all right? So before we get into it, I got a story. So this week, I uh, had the lovely challenge, it's so fun and easy, of selling a car. So it's not my first time selling a car. First time was three years ago. I sold my little hinky dinky 2008 Honda Accord. I love that thing, but that thing was not running at all. And so to sell it, I put it on cars.com. Within a couple of hours, someone hit me up. I was like, I buy it for. This mount, I said perfect. At, at that point, it wasn't running at all, so I was like, "I'll pay you to take it." Thankfully, he bought it, and so that was a good deal. I bought a car after that and had that car for three years. And then, a couple weeks ago, had the opportunity to get another car, um, one I like more than uh, my current car, and I'm just working out. And so I was like, "Cool, I'll get that car, and I'm going to sell my current car in the meantime." My car is newer; it's a 2020, and. So I was like, cool. It'll be easy to sell. No big deal. And like, you know, high value used cars are, you know, like selling for a lot. I could sell the car literally. It's marketed valued for more than what I bought it for. So I was like, perfect. This is great. And so I went to sell the car. I started like going to like the places like CarMax and all that stuff um, and like doing the online appraisals. And they're like, they'll give you a certain amount. And I was like, yeah, but I know if I could like sell it privately, I can get, I can get a little bit more for it. And you know, I'm, I'm Opportunistic, and so I was like, "We're gonna, we're gonna full send. Like, we're not selling it for low amount. We're selling it to the fullest amount." And so I go on like Auto Trader and cars.com and other websites, and all that stuff, just trying to sell it. And so after a few days, I wasn't really getting anything. And then finally, some person hits me up. I get an email from from Auto Trader, like, "Hey, you have a message. Open it." So I open the message, and it's this guy, and he's like, "Hey, I want to buy your car." And I was like, "Great." And he's like, "What are you selling it for?" And I was like, "Listed right there." He said, "What's the price?" What's the best price you'll give me? I was like, well, I put a price on there. That's the best price. Um, and so I'll take the most amount for it. And so he's like, okay, well, guess what? I'll actually pay more because I want this car for my uncle as a surprise. And if, if, you, if I pay you more, will you guarantee it's for me? And I was like, sure, yeah. I was like, so you want to meet sometime this week? Are you local to LA County, Orange County? He's like, no, I'm in Alabama. And I was like, okay, that's a little difficult. I can't really fit that in my schedule. Um... He's like, don't worry, I'll mail you a cashier's check, which is like a guaranteed check, if you guys know what checks are, a guaranteed check from the bank. And that's a joke. Um, and he's like, I'll mail it to you. All I need is your name and your address. I'll mail you a check. Once you deposited, I'll like have a mover come and all that stuff. I was like, perfect. And so he mails his check, from what I understand, he mailed the check, and it gets to my house like the next day overnight, and it's like, it literally says like, from, from an address, but it's not Alabama, it's fl- from Florida. Okay, whatever. Open up the envelope, the envelope says, it, uh, the, the, the check in there, it's a check from this lumber company that's from Washington. It's like, okay, whatever, you know, maybe this guy just moves around a lot or something. And so I go to deposit the check, and he was like, and I realized there's like $4,000 extra in the check. I was like, okay, um, and so I texted. him. I was like, hey, there's extra money there. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was f- this moving company It's coming to ship the car. They'll do the title change and all that stuff, but you got to pay them. And I was like, okay, nah, that's weird, but I guess I'll make it work. He's like, so well, let me know when you deposit the check. And so I was like, I deposit the check, and it takes like a whole day to clear or whatever before I can actually spend the money. And he's like, okay, so I need you to pay half the money to the moving company up front, but since the check hasn't cleared, can you use your own money? And I was like... Uh, at first I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. It's easy. And then I was like, huh, maybe it's not the best idea since I don't want to spend my own money. And and so I tell him that. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Just, just, just do it. Just, you know, I'm sending money to a stranger. It's fine. The check will clear. And I was like, you know what, man, let's wait. It's just another day. He's like, fine. He's like, okay, so here's what you do when you deposit. I want you to deposit a thousand. I want you to zell a thousand to this number. And the name was some name I couldn't even pronounce. And then once you've deposited that, I want you to send to this number and that name. And I was like, you know, I think I'm getting into something. I really shouldn't. And so um, after a lot of thinking, because, you know, I can be very impulsive. And someone says, we'll buy the car for more than that and all that stuff. And I was like, cool, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. And I don't even think before I do anything. Um, and then I start telling my dad the situation. He's like, I think, I think this is a little fishy. And I was like, yeah. He's like, wait till tomorrow to see if the money clears. So I go to the go sleep. I wake up the next morning and there's the full amount of money in my bank account. And I was like, okay, well, if someone's trying to swindle me or scam me. I don't know why there'd be money in my account that they can't get back. So I like look online, there's like forums about this guy, about this type of scam that people do. And I was like, okay. So I realized this is actually happening. And so, and this guy's like calling and texting every hour, making sure I'm getting the money and doing all this. Cause you know, at some point, at some point in the process, they're going to, they're going to try to take my money. And so I finally like, texted the guy. I was like, hey, this is not happening. I'm not doing this deal. And he's like, you know, I've poured my heart into this. i, I like, this is a this is uh, car for my uncle. You have to do this. And I was like, <laughs> no. And so I, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to decide that we're cutting, we're cutting off the deal. We're not doing this. But I have the upper hand now because I have all the money in my account. So I was like, you know, I'm going to send you the money back. He's like, you know what? fine, if you give me your bank account details, I'll, I'll do this, or if you wire the money, and I was like, <laughs> that's a great idea, no, um, and so we're here to Sunday, and once the bank's open on Monday, we'll see what I do about giving him his money back, obviously, I'm going to do it, Lord willing, um, but I tell you all this, because I'm in the midst of a sticky situation, and there's a thousand ways I could react, I could, part of me is just like, huh, I'm just going to keep the tens of thousands of dollars, it'll be great, um, that's illegal. Um, I could, you know, find someone I know in the, in the feds the authorities, or someone, some cop, and, you know, get these guys because it's real fishy. There's more details that literally, like, I didn't explain. I don't have time to explain. But it's for, for sure a scam. Um, he wanted me to send the check to Tennessee um, entitled the name and someone from Texas. And I was like, this is not working. Anyways, um, and so I could react a thousand ways. I, could, I really want to pick up the phone and like cuss this guy out and be like, dude, I don't know what the heck you're doing. Don't deal with, you know, you're dealing with Tim. Um, and there's like, there's a thousand ways to react. I could just like let it go. I could be nice. There's a, like, I'm sitting there. You can ask my wife. I'm sitting there like boiling on the couch. Like, I don't know what to do. I just want to deal with this. And I just want this guy to get out of my life. Um, and so I tell you all this, because as we look into the book of, Romans chapter 12, we get to see what it really means to embody Christ in the way we live. See, this weekend we had a guest speaker, Johnny Chang, and we really get to see through his story how he like has had a transformation of how he now lives. Like literally he was a gang member, like dealing with with shootings and violence and drugs and prison or all those terrible things. And now he's, he's someone doing prison ministry. When it comes to committing our lives to Jesus, there's a change that happened. There's a change that should happen. So for me, as I go about the situation, I got to figure out, okay, if there's a change in my heart, if there's a change that God has done in my heart and mind, then how am I going to emulate that? Even in the little things like trying to sell my car and the big things with the big decisions I make in my life moving forward. And so as we open up to Romans 12, you guys do that with me, open up to Romans chapter 12, we're going to see what this really means. And so as you guys are doing that, I'll kind of recap what the last few weeks have been about because this last section is not something on its own. We got to really understand what's happening before so Paul, Apostle Paul writes in the first few verse, first two verses, something that's like I think one of the most powerful, incredibly theologically rich passages in the Bible. It says this: I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and perfect. So in that first verse, he's talking about a change of something when we we commit ourselves to Jesus. Part of that commitment that we make to him is an offering. He's saying, I urge you, brothers, to therefore offer your bodies, to present your bodies, says in certain translations, as a living sacrifice. So what, what he's saying is your heart needs to be an outpour of all the things that you're doing. Everything you're doing needs to come from the heart as a sacrifice for Christ. So everything of this world, all your heart has, your passions, your desires, your ambitions, all these things that, that, that are coming from the heart need to actually align more with Christ. So you give your heart to Christ in order f- for it to motivate all the things happening next. And then he says, um, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So he moves from this idea of your heart to your mind. In your mind, he's saying that, that, that the things you think about, the things you want to do, your, your impulses, your, um, your, your habits, all these things need to be Transformed by the Spirit. See, the world has a way to mold our minds, mold the way we think, mold the way we act. And so God is saying when you commit to Jesus, there's actually a renewal from the Holy Spirit that happens in your mind instead of instead of being molded by what the world wants. And so he starts with talking about our heart, and then he moves to our head. And so now there's kind of an equation that happens here and and to embody all that it is about what it means to actually have a faith in Christ like the idea of faith, is kind of threefold in what it is. So we have the head, we have the heart, and those two together help embody the things that come out of us, which is, in a sense, we'll use an analogy today as, as our hands, what we do of our actions. So there's the internal and there's the external. So as you look into Romans 12, verses 9 through 21, we're going to see what the external actions, I guess you could say, of our hands really equates to and how we go about our faith in that. So If you guys would read along with me on the screens or if you have your Bibles, um, it says this in verses 9 through 21. Let love be genuine, abhor, or hate in other translations, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer." Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. It's not don't be a haughty. You know, don't be haughty. Different different word. But associate with the lowly. Never be wise with your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will reap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So as we read this passage, we see kind of a list of commands or urges, um, that Paul is, is, is encouraging us followers of Christ to pursue in the way we live. See, we can go through verse by verse and talk about what it means to um, abhor what is evil or do good in the sight of others and uh, uh, love others with brotherly affection, whatever it is. We can break those down, but I think a lot of those are pretty self-explanatory. If you read them, we, the Bible is saying do good things, live like a Christian should live, do the things that God wants you to do, all that stuff. So today, we're not going to actually go by verse by verse. I kind of want to talk about what does this whole passage, what is the implication of this in terms of how we live out our faith? The question ultimately I want you guys to reflect on personally in your own life tonight is what is the outcome of your faith? What is the outcome of your faith? And so the important thing behind the outcome of our faith is not just, okay, cool, I follow Jesus, and you know God is God, and Jesus, is Jesus, He died on the cross. I believe what the Bible says. So the outcome, therefore, I'm going to heaven. That's not what all this is about. The outcome is what is the result, the physical result, the the the, in a sense, what we do with our hands. What is that the result of our faith? See, when it comes to trusting God with your heart, your soul, and your mind, the result of that should be the works that God wants us to do. Should be the virtue, should be the the, the righteous things that, that God in his word has asked us to do, has commanded us to do. Those should be the outpour of our faith. See, when you look at, it's almost like a like a triangle of your head, your heart, and your hands. They all go hand in hand together. You can't have one without the other and a true faith in Jesus. You can't have the head without the heart. You can't have the heart without the hands because all those together make a true embodiment of what faith is. It's because you're living out every part of your being, your, your desires, your passions, your thoughts, your actions. All those things together make up how you live out your faith in Jesus. When it comes to other world religions, it's actually the opposite. When it comes to like probably 90% of other um, beliefs, it's the idea of, okay, if I do good things, if I do the actions, if I do what um, I'm commanded of, then the heart and mind will change or then I'll get to heaven or then the salvation will come and all those things. But it's actually the contrary when it comes to our faith in Jesus. See, see, Christianity is the anomaly across all those because it's not about the things that we do and the result of those things is our salvation. It's How do we come to know who Jesus is? Him transforming our hearts and minds and an outpour of that are the actions. It says this in Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So in other words, by by the grace that was given to us by Jesus dying on the cross and taking the the penalty of our sin, which is death, through believing in, in his overcoming of that, we are saved. And then it says this, and this is not by your own doing, but... This is a gift from God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So what what Paul's also saying in this passage is that we're not saved through, you know, the good things, but the good things come from which we've been saved. So it's it's not our works that get us to, to know Jesus. Not our works that get us to get us into the pearly gates of heaven. But it's understanding who Jesus is is the result of that. Are the good things. But he says even though that the works are not so we can boast. He says we are still the workmanship of God, and that we can walk in that. A walk is an action. A walk is 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 a continual thing. If you look, that we should walk in them. It's not saying that we should have walked in them or that we will walk in them. It's a continuous walk. I think I forgot the grammatical tense of that, but it's, it's, it's happening now. The, the continuous walk of our, our actions in which we embody Christ, the things that we f- reflect Jesus in all the things that we do. also says this in James 2.17, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So pretty much what he's saying is, James is saying here is, if you have the first two parts of Romans 12, the heart and the mind, but you don't have the actions and the faith is that because you're not living out what you truly believe internally. See, as we live in a world that is trying to get us to conform to its pattern, as it says in verse two, as we try to live in a world that is trying to uh, shape our passions and our desires and what our flesh aka our sinful nature is, is having us lean towards then if we're not resiliently living out what we truly believe internally then we're not reflecting the faith that we actually believe in jesus christ see you and i have an obligation of followers of jesus for those of you who believe that jesus christ is lord and savior our obligation is to live out that faith whether it's dealing with random shady car scammers from Alabama or when it's dealing with people who have truly hurt you hurt you in your life. See, it's, it's a whole spectrum of things to go. It's not just in the things that are easy or the things that are hard or the things that you feel like only God can handle and you can't handle or the things that you can't handle. It's about understanding how is your entire life, your entire walk, your entire everything shaped by what your heart is saying or what your heart is towards Christ, what your mind is towards Christ, and now what your actions are towards Christ. See, it's like, it's like a child. When they're born, they're born and like, you know, they can't function. You know, naturally they're going like, I don't know, when I was two years old, I like threw a block in my sister's eye. and You know, I probably like wasn't thinking straight And I was a kid, I was like two years old. But as I grew up, you know, my mind starts to shave. I start having, understanding what it means to have a conscience and all those things, be conscious and coherent in my actions. And my thing, my, in my, development in my growth, I get to have a better understanding of things not to do. And so the same way is kind of our faith. As we grow in our relationship with Jesus, as we as we understand what it means to follow Christ, then our actions and our thoughts get to be shaped by that deepening relationship. And that even changed as I grew older and had a whole understanding of what it actually means to come to Jesus. Like I grew up in the church and You know, I thought I had a faith and then I got to college and realized, okay, I'm on my own and all this thing. I'm not having my parents' faith anymore. I'm not going to my parents' church. I'm kinda on my own and dealing with my own life and realizing that, okay, I gotta I gotta change some things. And in this like it wasn't like a whole overnight thing where like, you know, I saw Jesus and all of a sudden I was saved. Just like a slow a slow transition of realizing, you know, I needed I needed Jesus in my life. So as we get to that point of really this transformation that happened over the six months to a year, I realized that my actions and my thoughts and the, my passions, my desires started to change because I realized I wanted now what God wanted for me, not what I wanted for me. I started hating things that were not good, like country music. I'm kidding. I'm um, just kidding. I just wanted to irk some people. I'm um, just kidding. Um, I started hating things that I, I, I would have liked bef- other, otherwise. I don't know, things that my friend's trying to get me to do or things that, I don't know, trying to make all the money in the world and get a cool job and you know drive whatever car and motorcycle I wanted and I have nice watches, all that stuff. It started to really change. For you guys, there may be a change like that that happens when you commit yourself to Jesus. It may not be overnight. It may come slowly in seasons. It may not be this radical thing where just a beam of light hits you and all of a sudden, you know, I'm this most holy person. It's about a continual walk, as it says in Ephesians 2.10, this continual walk of what it means to have our hearts, our minds, and our hands transformed to resemble who Jesus is. And we get to live that out in our daily life the question i want to revisit is what is the outcome of your faith for you has there been a transformation has there been a change of your heart maybe there isn't maybe you don't have a faith at all so there's no outcome at all if there's no faith in the first place so my question or my challenge for you is to reflect on that question this week what does that look like for you to have the outcome of your faith it's not your doing not saying make an outcome happen it's how can you see god changing you in in your life to be more like him And how can you lean into that change even when it's scary, even when it's uncertain, even though when it's awkward and you don't want to get in all your feely dealies of what God's doing in your life. Well, how can you allow God to shape the outcome of your faith to resemble Him and embody Him and all the things you do in, in your actions? So when it comes to being hospitable, when it comes to being genuine in love, when it comes to blessing those who persecute you, when it comes to all the different parts. The, the passage is laid out in, in, in three different things. It's laid out in the people you're close with, the people you're not close with, and the people who are actively against your enemies. When you come across these three types of people in your life, how are you going to exhibit Christ to them? It's probably easier for the people you love. It's probably awkward for the people you don't really know. And it's probably very difficult for the people who are absolutely against you, whether it's in your faith or in your life or whatever it is. The challenge is, how is the outcome of your faith going to shape the the, the, the the interactions with these people? The people you love, the people you're far from, and the people who are actively against you, maybe. And so as we reflect on this this week, guys, I pray for you guys that you would understand what the outcome of your faith is not something of your own doing, but of God transforming your heart, your mind, your actions. All right, let's pray. Father God, we, uh, God, we thank you for who you are, for your word, and that we can take from your word, God, not just big things that are you know, philosophical or things that are hard to um, comprehend, God, but things that are actually pretty practical, what it means to to love the person next to us, what it means to be hospitable, what it means to um, not repay evil, evil, Father. I pray that as we each reflect on this passage tonight, God, and this week, I pray that we would see that it's not just about the actions. It's not just about um, doing the good thing to look like a good Christian or to be a happy, good, you know, nice person, but what it means to embody you and exhibit you in all the actions of our life, Father, so people can see what it means to be transformed in our hearts and our minds and our actions through your saving grace, Father, and through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word, and I pray that um, we could all take something from tonight, From it tonight, God. Pray over these groups and that they're fruitful. You your name I pray, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to the SCG Church Young Adults Podcast. For more information about our services, events, and ways to get involved, head on over to scgchurch.org. Thanks again for listening.